0: Nick Nick can wake up every day and focus on the fact that he's never going to become a professional soccer player. What's the quality of my life going to look like? Not so good, right? So I tend to focus on the things that I can control. Mm. Um, And um, what I would also say is you can't receive receive love, you can't receive praise if you don't really love yourself. And so many Mm. people are trying to seek validation from other people. Um, you know, I mentioned this on impact theory, you know, so many people are trying to wait for the AOK okay from mom or dad or your teacher or a mentor when you should really be seeking acceptance of yourself and how you do that is you invest in yourself, man. That's why I think fitness is like the base of my life. Because that was like the biggest, the most ROI investment I could give, it gave me love for myself, it gave me confidence, it gave me certainty, it gave me, you know, um, a, a physical body that I get to go to the gym and, and feel good when I work out like it's therapeutic. And
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobes, and today's guest doesn't really need any sort of introduction, but I'm going to give you a short one anyway. His name is Nick Santonastasso, and Nick, for those of you who don't know, was born with Hanhart syndrome, which means he was born with no legs and an arm, and he is today a global keynote speaker, fitness model. And what's so incredible about his story is that he kept pushing on despite having so many reasons Uh, To give up. You know, he had to fight through depression, suicidal thoughts growing up. And with all odds against him, he has developed a razor sharp mindset to become the success and inspiration he is today. And he really owes it all to his parents, as you will hear him share. And he shares the stage regularly with Tony Robbins. He is somebody who is highly sought after internationally as a keynote speaker, and he is just an all-around good dude. So I just want to really, really preface this by saying, um, you're going to get a lot of insight in this episode. You're going to get a lot of motivation. You're going to hopefully squash any excuse you have on not achieving your goals in life. So without further ado, Nick Santonastasso. Nick, man, thanks for coming on the show.
0: My man, grateful to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, so I got you know what's so incredibly inspirational about your story is that you had every reason in the world to to, to give up. I mean, having hand syndrome, you're you're born with, you know, no legs, one arm, one finger on that one arm, you know, all kinds of I'm sure self-doubt. I know you struggled a lot with suicidal thoughts and depression when you were a kid. And then now you're like this international speaker, you've you know written a book, you've you're all over the place and built in this amazing brand so like, how did you develop this Victor mindset from this place where you had every excuse in my book to be a victim?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I think I I have to always say my parents are the superheroes and I'm just the offspring. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, as a parent, you're, you're really cultivating your kid's mindset through your actions, through your words, the way you show up. I mean, the way you get pissed off in traffic. I mean, whether you think your kids are are listening, they're always watching, right? And so- For me, like from an early age, my biggest advantage was my parents treated me like normal, Mm. extremely normal into like to the point where, you know, I talk about my parents put my clothes in front of me and telling me to figure it out or putting my food in front of me and telling me figure it out. And from an early age, like if you're not treated differently, then you don't think you're different, you know. Um, it's usually like the outside world that, you know, treats you different and then you're like, oh well, I am different, and they treat you different in school. But my home life was extremely normal. You know, I got beat up by my siblings just like anyone else would. And um, at an early age, my parents, one, got me comfortable with uncomfortable situations. They always put me in situations where I needed to figure it out. And the second was by them putting me in those uncomfortable situations, I became solution-oriented at a very early age. I think it's one of the most valuable skills for an entrepreneur or a human being is to solely focus on the solution rather than the problem, because what humans do is we, we take a problem and we magnify it. and We make it bigger and more stressful and more, more full of anxiety than what it really is. And so at an early age, I knew to, to focus on the solution rather than the problem. But I think, I think over the past, I'm, I just turned 24. I think over the past four or five years, I just been really immersed like in personal development, like go, go, go. Like this Corona stuff was the, the only time we've slowed down with the company in the past three, three and a half years. I've been at the all the seminars all around the world, like learning, being a student of the game, like analyzing every speaker, like doing the work that people don't really see. And I've been doing that for three, three and a half years, like on the road, 80, 90% of the year. So I think for the majority of my life, I did I wasn't full, full victorious, right. I, 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 there was, there was areas of my life where I played victim. Um, but these past, I say three and a half, four years of me really surrounding myself with people that are playing at a higher level in life has created so much momentum in all areas.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, your, your parents, you're right. You know, somebody has to set a foundation for you to be able to, to learn and grow. And I think one of the biggest problems now is so many kids are, so many people are, are coddled. And they don't want their kids to endure pain because they think they're protecting them. And really what happens is once the kids get out of the house, they're going to hit pain. They're going to hit stress. Life's tough. Right. And it's like, if they're not equipped with the tools that they, you know, learn to use and and develop on their own, they're going to fall on their face. And like, I know for me, um, you know, I struggled with a lot of abuse and bullying when I was a kid and I was so unhappy with myself that I turned to drugs to numb, to numb my pain, numb my insecurities. And as a result, went down this huge rabbit, huge rabbit hole when I got incarcerated and my, that became my biggest blessing because my cellmate like got me into fitness and helped, you know, create that foundation for then wanting to not be a victim in my own life. Cause I was blaming everybody else for my problems. And then now where I've gotten to where I am today. And I think sometimes people think that our biggest setbacks, it's like, it's going to be the biggest setback and really it can be like your biggest tool for transformation. So talk a bit about how you've been able to really own your story and own and be so secure with who you are, because I heard you tell, uh, I was listening to impact theory and I heard you tell a story about, you know, people looking at you in a funny way and being, you know, saying things like being physically handicapped and all that stuff. And you're like, dude, like, are, have you, have you seen like how you're talking to people? Like my mindset is so like spot on. Like, so talk about how you've been able to really like own that and, and turn it into something special.
0: Yeah. I wanted to touch on the failure aspect too. I think let let's set this straight parents or whoever raised you know like whoever you were raised by they they had good intent Mm. and and i think i think one of a like a really valuable skill is seeing people for where they're at you know and not being able to judge them um and and the reason i say that is because like your your parents they had good intent and they were working with what they got and when i say work with what they got i mean maybe that's financial or Dude, not many people do personal development. Not people. Not many people know, you know, how the brain works. Not many people know reframing and the the emotional gratitude and all all the stuff that personal development talks about. So like your upbringing, those people work with what you got. My parents weren't in you know, personal development, you know, they weren't, you know, they weren't much of entrepreneurs per se, like doing all the, you know, the self work. Um, But the one thing they did, I guess, because I was the last child was they treated me different. You know, they didn't treat me any different. Mm. Um, And so I just wanted to put out there. So for, for the people that are listening to know that your, your parents did the best they could and a liberating feeling or a liberating way to put it is if your dad was the perfect dad and your mom was the perfect mom, you wouldn't be the man or woman you are listening to this podcast. And so you have to take a sense of comfort in that, you know, because whether it was hard, whether it was tough, whether it was easy, um, which one way or another, they sculpted you into the person you are by the trials and tribulations, um, and, and no one's perfect. Right. And so I, I think the way that I've really cultivated my story or really like represent my story is when I started speaking, I literally didn't know anything about speaking. I didn't know anything about a speaking company. I didn't know anything about business. I didn't know anything about personal development. I remember, you know, Ratmir, um, one of my best friends and my manager, the first thing he said to me after I shared my story with him was you're gonna be on stage with Tony Robbins one day. And I said, who's Tony Robbins? Like I I didn't know who Tony Robbins was to be fully transparent. And so through that self journey of personal development, going to hours and hours and hours of seminars, Not only that, but like the guy's just putting me on stage and me figuring it out like, oh, Nick, just share your story, like figure out a way to cultivate your message. And I would just tweak my story. But I come from this this place now of if I if like in my this is my internal dialogue. If I know a story is going to help someone, whether it's dark, deep, sad, whatever it may be, if I know it has the ability to impact someone, then I'm going to share it. Because one of the things that I do is I pride myself on my authenticity. I pride myself on being transparent. And I think that's a breath of fresh air. Um, nowadays, because everything on social media is BS. It's all perfect life. And like, I don't have a perfect life. We struggle, you know, we all struggle with the same human things in, in our internal, you know, brain, right. And so I'm, I'm very open. And, and that's one of my biggest superpowers is when I'm open, you feel comfortable. When you feel comfortable, you now listen to me with an open mind without any, you know, skeptic, you know, being skeptic. And then you can really take what I say for, you know, not, not not like rather than taking it one in one ear and not the other, like you actually take it and you, you know, you analyze it and, and you may add it to your arsenal, but I pride myself on on making people feel comfortable and how I do that. I make jokes about myself. You know, you always seem I'll be on stage and I'll make jokes about myself or my body and I'll crack a joke and um, I'll bust a dance move. Like I do anything to just make a room comfortable because when people are comfortable, then they can open up, they can listen with an open mind and they can share with one another, which is real, really where the transformation comes from.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, I love what you're saying as far as the authenticity and being transparent because you're right. there is so many highlight reels on Instagram. Everyone, even during COVID, is like, yeah, life's great. Life's great. Like, here's a picture of me and my car, my nice. Mm-hmm. And if like, you're not stressed out. If you haven't had any kind of adjustment, then you're freaking full of shit, right? That's the way I think of it, I think. And, and I think like vulnerability isn't only the key to your own happiness, but it's the key to unlocking people, connection from other people, right? Because then they can raise their, there's so many people in the crowd, that probably struggle with the same sort of insecurities that stem from whether it's something you got going on, I got going on, no matter what it is, like not feeling like they're enough or self-worth or whatever. And they're finally able to raise their hand a bit and be like, you know what? Like me too. Right. And and, right.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and there's even moments when I'll, when I'll, you know, I'll say something and I'll be like, you know, if this ever happened to your life, you know, show hands and then hands go up and, and I have them look around and they're like, Oh, well I'm comfortable. I'm not the only one. Um, because I, I feel like, you know, people just think they're the only ones struggling with it. But when they can open their mind and realize everybody struggles with the same things, and we are all human, um, then they're a little bit more, more open and receptive. So I 100% agree.
1: Yeah. And it's like, the way you kind of like are saying, you're able to like laugh at yourself and make fun of yourself. And even like your, but also like with the other side of that is your work ethic. And I've heard you talk about like your fitness routine and how fitness has obviously been a pinnacle for your story and your life, you know, competing in bodybuilding. And I know you want to um, you know, just do whatever you can to help make gyms more accessible for people, right? Like, how did you develop this physique? I mean, I'm curious as a trainer, like I- I've heard bits and pieces of how you've done it, but I want to hear like firsthand, like how you were able to really like develop upper body muscles and not give up because I can tell you firsthand, there was a lot of times my fat ass doing push-ups when I first started working out, I wanted to give up. And I had, you know, obviously I, I had all of my limbs. I had no excuse to actually quit. Um, so just talk a bit about like the mindset you had to shift you had to make while you were kind of working out as as much of a struggle as I'm sure it was.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it started after, after high school because I was a wrestler and I, I, I love the feeling of working out. I love the feeling of, you know, being labeled as an athlete. And I think at that time as a 17, 18 year old kid, you know, I was like, well, if I can get in shape, maybe the girls will like me a little bit more Mm. because I can't change my no legs and one arm, but I can get a six pack. Right. Right. Yes. Like that was, that was my first thought to be fully transparent. That was my first thought. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in modeling people who already have the results you, you want, right? Mm. Because they're going to save decades and, and, and years of experience and condense it into days. And so, you know, one of my buddy, my biggest buddy, um, he's still massively big. He's a cop now. And um, he, I was like, yo, I, w- I want to be a bodybuilder. I want to start lifting. I want to get in shape. And I, I think one of my very good skills is when I have a vision in mind, When I, when I create a vision in my head of what I'm going to look like in the future, I don't stop. Mm. um like it's really hard for me to like get off that vision and so for me you know some of the things that I wanted to manifest was me being shredded you know doing a photo shoot with a pretty girl on the beach and being a model and a fitness model and a bodybuilder but I went to the gym and it was like everything else in my life it was trial and error because there wasn't a book or a trainer that could say this is how you lift right and so to be fully honest the first like six to eight months of lifting I only lifted my left side I was like oh I don't I don't need this side. Like, I'm not going to work mm-hmm. any side of this body. Like I don't need symmetry. What's symmetry? And then, and then I got educated on the, on the sport. Um, I not only fell in love with the the physical aspect of it, but I fell in love with the therapeutic aspect of, you know, lifting, you know, the, the meathead thing to say is a 45 pound dumbbell or a 45, 45 pound plate will always be a 45 pound plate. It'll never cheat on you. It'll never leave on mm-hmm. you. It'll never switch up on you. It's always stationary. It will always be the same. Right. And so, I fell in love, you know, with the, with the sport in itself of like posing. I used to, I used to, I, I still follow the same guys that, you know, I saw their posing and their routines and the way that they, you know, posed and made their body look a certain way. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I got into symmetry. I'm like, well, I guess I better start lifting this side of my body. Was it guys gonna...
1: like, I mean, so, sorry, it was the guys like, like Kai green. Was it like, was it the guys like that who,
0: um, so I used yeah, to follow a lot of that Kai stuff Green's back in the massive. day. It was massive. It was more of like my good friend, Artemis Dolgan. It was the first time I saw a vacuum. And and for those that don't really know fitness, Arnold. vacuum is vacuum is where you pull in your rib cage a certain way. You pull in your abs and you pull in your rib cage. It looks pretty cool. And um so it was guys like Artemis, Artemis Dolgan or C T Fletcher. C. T. Fletcher was oh, yeah. a big one when I was um when I was coming in. And so I fell in love with that and That, that led me to having way more confidence in myself, to be honest. I think, I think all human beings struggle with confidence or can have more confidence in certain areas of their life. And I think me getting in the gym and, you know, feeling better about my body just gave me more confidence to live in this body that I have. Right. Because like I said, I was like, I can't change my no legs of an arm, but I could be in more shape. And then there's, it's at the point now where it's like, well, I have no legs of one arm and I'm in better shape than 98% of the world. I feel a little bit better about my body, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I, you're so right, and I think fitness can be the foundation is the foundation for like success in anybody's life because of the mental, emotional, um, and spiritual aspects, and give you the confidence, and the gratitude, and the commitment to yourself, the self love. So, you talked a few minutes ago about having a vision. You had this mindset. You're like, I'm gonna look a certain way. I'm gonna get in this photo shoot. I'm gonna have a business. I'm gonna have this body. Where did you come up with it? Was it in, like during meditation? Was it during like journaling? Was it during times where you're just in your room, like you know? in a depression. Cause I know you obviously struggled with that. Like yeah. when, like when did this all kind of come about?
0: Yeah. So, um, before the bodybuilding, I was, I was known or famous for being a prankster. Mm. And so I dress up as a zombie and I'd scare people in public and I got really famous off of it. I gained a million followers on vine my senior year. And, um, I had the opportunity to be a core cast member of like an impractical Joker show, but the whole cast was disabled. So you could pull pretty much that pranks. And so Nick had the choice of going to college to the only college that he got accepted to, or moving to LA to pursue some acting career for pranking. Which one do you think Nick picked? I moved to LA. And so I moved to LA and I, and I picked one of my oldest friends that was just in the position to move. And the, it totally tanked. I I moved out there. I signed the lease Mm -hmm. two weeks after I signed the lease, they canceled the show. I never even filmed the pilot. Um, I had no money. Um, I only had about 10 grand from what I was doing with pranking. My roommate never got a job. He never paid me rent and the place was in my name and I went super broke. And so from that point I moved home. And just to touch on that, I don't regret moving to LA and going broke because it was one of the greatest gifts life could give me because I now know I can live with absolutely nothing. Um, I remember, you know, laying there, I didn't have a bed. I was laying on my, my laundry and a pile of towels and I'm looking at the ceiling and I was like, man, success is like having enough money for rent and a little extra over for food. Like that was my version of success during that time. Right. But I'm so grateful for that experience. But I moved back home and I moved back home into my parents' basement, which is the last thing any kid would want to do. And I had to recalibrate. I was like, all right, what's next? What's bigger and better? Um, Because, you know, I was a prankster. People were correlating me as a joke. It didn't fulfill me as much anymore. And the one thing that I, w- I was always inspired by was like people that were in shape and I never thought I could do it. And so, you know, I, I had this master plan master plan because my dad's like, yo, what are you going to do with your life? Like, um, you know, you move back home. What are you going to go to school? Like what's going on? Right. And, uh, I, I just created this master plan of just being alone of like analyzing the fitness industry and saying, well, there's no guy with no legs, one arm bodybuilding. That's a strength. Now, if I do it successfully, that's a strength. I'm going to stand out. People are going to watch. I could be able to monetize it because you can't take away my fit body. And the third people will never be able to underplay me, meaning, Oh, Nick, it's easy for you to become a bodybuilder. You have no legs of one arm said no one ever. Right. And so that was, that was my, my master plan. on becoming a bodybuilder. And to, dude, when I started off, like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to lift. I was posting like these, these vi- li- lifting videos and no one was watching. And I was literally, there's an account. It's still, live it's called Instagram bodybuilding I was paying him $400 a post to put me on his to put me on his Instagram so I could gain a little bit of traction because no one knew who I was and uh, my physique started to change I moved to Tampa like I I found a mentor and he was in fitness and he was an entrepreneur and I moved to Tampa because it was a better environment like I was all in on bodybuilding Um, and, and that's when I competed uh, you know, signed up for my show and I went on a 12 week preparation. That's where I met the rock. He blasted me off on Instagram because of bodybuilding. I gained a massive amount of followers. And then I placed third, people were watching my prep. So I, I, I picked up on that. I was like, well, if I set a, you know, a deadline and I'm going to do a show, no one's ever done a show like me, they're going to watch it. And so I gained even more traction when I did a prep, you know, a, a prep for my show. And then I took third against able-bodied guys made a statement. And um, that's really was probably like, the most eventful part of my bodybuilding career, because after that I realized that I was much more than just bodybuilding.
1: Uh, Yeah. And like you, you just, you just kind of, you know, emphasize so many lessons in life that are so important right there. And number one is never giving up on something you dream of. Right. Number two is like kind of taking massive action when you want to pursue a goal. And number three, kind of seeing things through no matter what the circumstances are and not letting you know, your situation where you're at in life or what you're going through to dictate how you're going to live your life. Right. So like, what kind of, what would you say to somebody who has this mindset of like, they're playing the victim, they're pessimistic. They're saying, you know what? Like I'm freaking, I'm broke. Like I just, I'm going through all these hard times. It's so-and-so's fault. They're blaming people. Like what, what do you tell people who are going through something like
0: that? Yeah, man. What I would say is what, listen, what's wrong like what's wrong in your life is always available Mm. and what's right in your life is always available to you. Like you, you really dictate where your focus goes. Um, and, and I I have a, a, you know, a simple example, Nick, Nick can wake up every day and focus on the fact that he's never going to become a professional soccer player. What's the quality of my life going to look like? Not so good. Right. So I tend to focus on the things that I can control. Mm. Um, and, um, what I would also say is You you can't receive you can't receive love you can't receive praise if you don't really love yourself and so many Mm. people are trying to seek validation from other people, Um, you know I mentioned this on impact theory you know so many people are trying to wait for the A-OK from mom or dad or your teacher or a mentor when you should really be seeking acceptance of yourself and how you do that is you invest in yourself man that's why I think fitness is like the base of my life because Mm -hmm. that was like the biggest the most R O I investment I could give it gave me love for myself it gave me confidence it gave me certainty it gave me you know a physical body that I get to go to the gym and and feel good when I work out, like it's therapeutic. And so I would say, I would say, you know, do you focus on what you don't have or do you focus on what you already have? Um, Do you focus on the things that you can't control or do you focus on the things that you can control? Like just ask yourself a bunch of questions about, you know, where your focus is and then realize that you're, you're in control of your focus and ask yourself really, really, what do you want and why do you want? Um, a lot of people, a lot of people, they say, you know, I don't, I don't have a passion or I don't know what I want to do in life. And I always tell them, well, you haven't tried enough things Mm. because if you try, if you never know if you really enjoy something, something's your passion, if you don't try it. And that's why I try everything. You'll see me. I try bodybuilding. I try snowboarding. I try wakeboarding. I try indoor skydiving. I try everything just because I don't know what, what's going to be my next passion. Um, but other than that, what what I would say to them from a brother to a brother, or to a brother to a sister, like you're worth the investment. Mm. You're worth the investment in yourself. You you know that's one of the biggest um, limiting beliefs that humans have is like, am I worth it? And you are. You are worth the investment. You are worth going to the gym and bettering yourself. You are worth consuming the right knowledge and, and exercising your brain. You're worth that. And your environment may say otherwise, but I w- I want to get that a message across that you are worth working on yourself. And you'll notice when you work on yourself, you create momentum in your life, you create clarity in your life, you had now have a purpose in your life. And um, you really tend to fall in love with yourself more and more as you work on yourself. Um, But my, my life changed when I when I started focusing on how I can better just the relationship I have with myself.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, fitness, like you said, is there's no better way to show yourself self love and dedication and investment in yourself and saying, okay, every day or three, four days, whatever you dedicate. I'm going to work out, you know, for 30, 40 minutes. And I always tell people as a trainer, I'm sure you give the same advice. Like you don't have to like compete in a bodybuilding competition. You don't have to work out for two hours at a gym. You don't have to work out for an hour. You just got to do something, something that's better than nothing. Like, if you haven't Right. Just move. And, and I think
0: this, this is our temple,
1: right? No, know. Right.
0: Like you only get one and sometimes you don't get all your limbs. Right. You yeah.
1: And, and just, and just being grateful for what you do have. Right. And like, Sorry. like you no, you're good. Um, and, um, like you said, like, you might not have been born with all your limbs. You might not have been born with the ability to be a professional soccer player, but there's so many other things that you were born with. And there's so yeah. many other things you've gained as a result from like focusing on that. Right. And look where it's led you. So you compete in the bodybuilding competition. You make a nice statement. You know, you tend to get some press, people pick up on what you're doing. How did everything come about with, with you sharing the stage with some of these like big time players? Like, I mean, what did you meet somebody did, did somebody contact? Like how did this all start like your speaking career? We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second. But first, wanted to give a quick shout out to Danette May and Earth Echo Foods. Danette was a past guest on the podcast and shared her incredible story and how it inspired her to create her products, such as Cacao Bliss, which I take every day, either in my coffee or in a smoothie. It starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then it's blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut himalayan sea salt cinnamon and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have the result fall in love with a truly decadent healthy guilt-free chocolate removing your cravings facilitating weight loss boosting your energy and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink not only that it is friendly to keto gluten-free paleo vegan and vegetarian diets so go to earth echo forward slash doug again earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Bopes. Check it out for yourself and learn more about the amazing benefits of Cacao Bliss. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it started, so I moved to Tampa. Mm -hmm. I moved to Tampa to pursue bodybuilding. And I was, like I said, I, I went to a little mastermind and that's where I met Ratmir, my business partner and my, and my manager. And, um, it was, it was a moment of being guided, just a moment of, you know, coincidence where someone falls into your lap at the right time. And Ratmere was like, man, I love your story. You're going to be on stage with Tony Robbins one day. That's when I said, who's Tony Robbins. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I'll work for you for free. Yeah. He says, I don't know what it is, but I feel very compelled to just help you and get you in front of more people. And he said, and maybe if you like the work we do, maybe one day we'll start a company. And from there that relationship started. And I remember, you know, Ratmir was just, no one knew who I was. Ratmere was cold calling, um, car dealerships. My first paid speaking engagement was a car dealership for their sales team. And, um, you know, from there, like one of our core values is being a student of the game and how I was saying, you know, every time I got off stage or got off, you know, out of a room, I would always always analyze and see how it could be better. I would celebrate what I did. Right. Right. But I would analyze and see how it could be better. And you know, one, like we're, we're very resourceful Mm. and I'll give you a few examples of resourcefulness. Like for example, our, Uh, an early big win in our career is probably four or five months into the career. Ratmir went on Gary Vee's website and he looked on the map on all the events he was speaking at and Ratmir contact every one of those event coordinators and said, Hey, I got a speaker for you. He just followed, you know, followed Gary Vee on, on where he was speaking. And so, um, no, you got a bunch of no's, got a bunch of no's. And one person said yes. And it was an insurance company and they, it was our first engagement where they flew us out and they paid for our hotel room. And it was like, uh-huh. it was like a win for us. And I was on stage with Gary V. Now I can leverage that. Like, Oh, Nick shares the stage with Gary V. That's leverage. That's credibility. And then it builds. Right. And then we do such things as we, um, there was a company in Tampa who does, um, they write like newsletters and blogs. And we, we had happened to, you know, network with their CEO and he was part of the, the council for Forbes. And so, you know, built a relationship and said, Hey, can you write a Forbes magazine on Nick as an entrepreneur? Boom, more credibility. And then we looking around and I'm like, Oh, these guys got books. If you have a book, it tends to raise your, your speaking fee. So I fa- I don't write a book. So I found a guy who ghost writes books and I had him interview me for six hours. And I shared my whole entire story and the lessons that I wanted to teach. And we wrote a book and got an Amazon bestseller. More, boom, more credibility. So like, I'm ve- we're very resourceful in the, in the fact that we created nothing from something. Um, and, and, you know, even, even little things, like I'm giving game right now, even little things to the point where like having someone else negotiate your speaking fee because it makes you look bigger than what you are. You, want, you don't want to be answering your email, own emails doing the negotiation. You wanted to come from, hey, this is Nick Santana Stasso's manager from Victorious Enterprise. Hey, blah, blah. that makes you look bigger than what you are, right? And so there's so many ways that we just, you know, we're very resourceful and finessed in a good way and, and got around there. But for Tony, um, when I met Ratmir and, and my other business partner, Don, they had already crewed at Tony events. They'd already, you know, attended Tony events. And I was like, dude, I don't know who this guy is. Like, show me what, what's going on. And so we, they, they took me to UPW, which is his four day event. And one mm. of our goals was to meet Tony. And during the event, we're going around trying to find key players, just sharing my story, planting seeds where I'm a big believer in planting seeds. We plant seeds everywhere. And, um, towards the end of the event, I was sitting in like a, a row where it's like, um, we were able to get, so we were able to finesse and get my ticket, um, upgraded to Tony's like personal guests. So I was sitting with his personal guests that he invited. And towards the end of the conference, this, this like teenager was like, Hey, my dad's going to take pictures with Tony Robbins. You want to come? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in. And so I was able to get me and my boys and we met Tony it was only like eight of us. And Tony was like, I want you to come to my next event. Um, it was his first time meeting me. And he, and heard because the word went around because I, we talked to everyone and said, Nick's a speaker. This is amazing. He does this right. And just plant seeds everywhere. And so Tony invited us to the next event. We went to that event and we just told his team was like, if there's any, an opportunity for me to serve alongside Tony, whatever you need, we're here didn't hear anything back for like a year, a year. And this was a year of like, every time I did something cool, Ratmere would email them. He's like, Hey, Nick just climbed a mountain. Hey, Nick just wrote a book. Hey, Nick just did this. Nick just shared the stage with Deepak Chopra. Like you name it. Like we kept on them. And then a year, a year went by and we finally heard something and they were like, Hey, would, would you be up for speaking at a youth conference that Tony does? He's not there, but he facilitates it. Um, It's in San Diego. Would you be up for it? I'm like, absolutely. They'd be like, okay, are you willing to pay for your, Plane ticket and play for your hotel too. We're not going to pay you. Yeah, absolutely. Now most people would be hesitant on that. Most people like, well, they're not going to pay me. They're not even going to put me up. They're not going to pay for my flight. But I just wanted to give. I just wanted to contribute. Right? Show up and give value first. And so I showed up. I spoke for the kids. They loved it. And uh, and then I dropped another seed. Hey, if there's any any chance for me to speak with Tony, they're like, oh, that's pretty. it's, It's pretty packed. I don't know if that's going to work out. Oh, whatever. We'll always be here. Six months, nothing. And then finally six, you know, like six months goes by of hearing nothing and we get a we get an email and they're like, hey, um, Tony was talking about bringing on um, a new speaker to give him a break during UPW. You were the first name that popped in his head. Are you up for it? Boom. Now my shot is there. Um, I spoke on day four with uh, day four. Tony's not there. So I spoke on day four and I knew strategically that Tony was going to watch the video. He's always in tune with his event. So if I show up and I perform, he's going to see it. And so I showed up on day four, I crushed it. And they called me back two weeks later and said, Tony wants you on f- full-time tour with him. And now I'm on stage with Tony Robbins, day one, sharing the stage with him because um, day one, Tony doesn't let anyone go on stage. It's just Tony. And now I'm on day one with Tony because he's absolutely certain that I can bring the same energy as he does. Um, and that's, that's persistence, baby. That's planting seeds and persistence and uh, giving value and not asking for anything.
1: Holy shit, man. That's incredible. (laughs) And the way you just said that is, is amazing. And I can relate to a lot of that, to a lot of that. Um, and you know, you should be really proud of yourself for doing all that and the persistence. And here's what happened. Something similar happened with my, with my journey is, um, that I have a buddy of mine who, um, was friends with, uh, was friends with Dave Hollis. Right. And so I just said, Hey man, like I, um, I don't really know Dave, but I'm just wondering, would he be interested in having me on his podcast? I think the Rise Together podcast. And I was like, I don't need any favors. I just need to I just need to get my foot in the door. I know of an incredible story that I could serve his audience and give back and da, da, da. He's like, I can ask him. He asks him, boom, I get an email. I reach out, share my message, share my story. The podcast does well. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm talking to Dave and 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 then you build a relationship. And then so I follow up and I'm like, boom, hey Dave, like I'd love to meet you in person. Is there any way I can meet you in person to kind of give back and show my appreciation? Cause I wanted to meet him and Rachel for giving me, I'm like a nobody like their platform. They could have any guest they wanted on their show. Right. And so I go down to their, um, their rise business event. um, And I just literally say like, I want to meet you. I bought a ticket. They upgrade me to VIP. So now I'm in VIP. I'm getting pictures with them. I'm talking to them. I'm thanking him. I'm meeting his assistant. I'm like, Hey, I want to have, you know, Dave, on my podcast. Like I had never, I hadn't even launched the podcast. He was my first guest. I was like, I would love to, be able to to
0: figure it out later.
1: Right. Yeah, no. And so, um, they said, yeah, of course. Right. And then, so then I got to like, you know, meet other people that were part of the crew. I got to say hi again to Tom Billy. I was on impact theory. And that's like what, it, what happens and how these big, um, st- like these stepping stones, to bigger stones happen and how these relationships can build up into something even bigger. And I think a lot of people they fail to recognize that just starts with planting seeds. Like you said, planting a seed. I mean, another thing that reminded me of is I spoke to Clemson football's team last year, um, like a Dabo Sweeney and their, and their team. And it's just started with one of my client's sons who was a graduate assistant. I said, Hey dude, like who would I, who would I contact to see if he'd be interested? I know they've brought in some amazing speakers. They had like Inky Johnson and a couple others. I don't know if you know, Inky's got a very similar, you know, backstory, I guess. Right. And, and so I just happened to reach out. Boom. They love my story. I heard nothing. Crickets. and I was like, dang, they must not want me. And then, like, sure enough, I got an email like a few months later. Hey, can you be down here in like two weeks? And I didn't even check my calendar. I was like, yes, I'll be there. They're like, oh, what's your speaking fee? Like, da, da, da. they're like, we'll pay. And then they, I got paid and flown down and put up. And I was like, and so boom, I'm able to use. I spoke to like a defending national champion football team. Boom, credibility. Right. And so, and the reason I'm sharing this now is because there's a lot of people that are listening that are wondering like how how people do it right? And it's, there's no secret, there's no secret sauce. It's just persistence. Like there's millions of people that have setbacks in their lives. There's millions of people that are built in un, or that live in unfortunate circumstances. But There's only a select few that use it to their advantage. And they're like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to set the bar high as hell. I'm going to get on stage with arguably the most famous personal development speaker there is. I didn't, I didn't even know the guy's name. And then now I'm like on tour with him. So like, I mean, it's incredible, the transformation, right?
0: Yeah, shoot or shoot.
1: Right. Shoot know, or shoot, bro. Exact. Like
0: what you did. So I, I want to I wanna just recognize what, what you said you did. Um, the, the first thing was that you shot, you sh- shoot or shoot, right? And then you didn't ask for a free ticket. You bought your ticket. Yes. So you had skin in the game. So yeah. they, inv- they invested back in you you know instead of you saying well can i get a free ticket to your business no you showed up and you bought it and you showed up like everybody else and that's why they upgraded you right and so like there's just little things that those little distinctions that that make the world a difference and now you're in proximity now you're right. backstage and you're in proximity of other people that have sick podcasts and you know a, a amazing opportunities shoot or shoot bro
1: well yeah and it's like then i go to you go to the event and you get upgraded and they're like oh we'll get you to the party and then i saw that tom tom Billy was speaking right and I was like, well, dang, like I, I interviewed with Tom on impact theory. He know, you know, he, you know how he knows his guests. Like he doesn't, he's not very, he's very picky with who he brings on. So I was like, I've, I was on impact theory. Like I would love to, to see Tom. And they're like, oh, like it's only for this other VIP. But they're like, I'm like, well, I was on a show. Here's like a picture of me and him. And they're like, okay, we'll upgrade. They're like, all right, you must be legitimate. He's on a show. We'll upgrade you. So then I get upgraded to that. And then I see like guys, like I get into like, the VIP room and, and like a lunch number with like Dean Graziosi. Dean, I just had on Instagram live, like before, shortly before. shortly this podcast I had, he was the guest, his episode brand this week. And then I was able to reach out to them and be like, Hey, you know, like da." da, da, da. like I, I saw the, De- and then you build credibility because then it's like, okay, you're able to leverage different relationships. You have not in, in a way to use people, but in a way because you've worked and you've been able to give enough value to that relationship that they see value in giving back to you. And that's what I think it's all about. Tony Robbins to me, at least seems like you put, you put your neck on the line and literally did whatever you could to go down there and hustle your way into that room Got your way into this personal, his personal space. You meet him. He's like, and you're probably like, all he has to do is meet me, and I'm in. Mean, I'm sure. Like, I mean, like, there's parts of me in my story too, where like, I'm like, all, right, all the guy has to do is hear my story and meet me, and i I just got to like, get in front of him. Yeah, just get put me in front of him. Like, and that's <laughs> the hard. That's sometimes the hardest thing to do is like getting in front. But it takes like what people don't see is it takes years of relationship building. It takes years of sharing your story, doing stuff for free, and like, I mean, I I, I agree. Like doing things for free, like. And, and just to gain like credibility is huge
0: bro. I'm a, And this isn't in a boastful way. I'm a, I'm a $25,000 an hour speaker. I still do things for free. Yeah. I still do things for free because yeah, you never yeah. know who's in the, who's in the room or if it's the right room or like a lot of things, like a lot of like kids stuff or, or charity stuff like I'll do for free. Um, because that like, dude, I'll, I'll never, I'll never get, my head will never be too big to, to remember how I got there. You know, and I think, and, and I think that's a really good reminder for everybody is like, do the things that you did in the beginning that got you to where you are. Like, don't, don't derail from those, those foundational things, those principles that you've been doing. Don't fall off those.
1: Yeah, you're right. And I, I've always said, like, no matter how, if I, you know, develop a, a name for myself or brand, I'm never going to let my followers, my bank statements or my download, whatever, like dictate who I am as a person. Right. Because that could all go away. Like I, could, I mean, Instagram could go away tomorrow. Podcast community could go away tomorrow, but like what I have, my heart and soul could never go away. And I still have, um, I remember when I left jail, I cried man when I left jail because my cellmate had just invested so much in me to save my life. And it's kind of like, it reminds me of what your, your trainer did with you in Florida. who's was kind of teaching you all the, the moves and stuff and how to like activate your chest muscles and all that stuff. And I just remember saying to him, like, man, how can I ever repay you? And, um, he said, number one, he said, don't mess up and pay it mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, And he gave me a workout plan. I still have it framed in my my family room here. So I never forget where I came from so that I always remember like what it's where I was in that moment. And that in, this, in the blink of an eye, that can, if I can go back to that moment if I don't make the right choices on a daily basis. And I think during this whole pandemic and COVID it's, it's unfortunately exposing some people's insecurities, exposing some people's flaws that they've had to work on within themselves, that they're not used to like having adversity like this, where they're, being constricted or they're told that I can't go certain places, but I think people like you and I, and, and more so, I guess you, you're used to being the underdog. You're used to having your back against the wall and being like, you know what? Like, I know like the odds are like 99.9% against me, but if I don't do anything, I lose. And I'm just going to go all out. I might as well. So like, like what you got, like, what you, what's on the horizon for you now? Like, what are you doing? Like you said, you're I know we spoke, you're pivoting. Like, are you speaking on like online now? Like how have you pivoted your business?
0: Yeah, great question. So this has given us a time to, l- listen, like I said, we we're for the past three and a half years, we were moving so fast. Um, and and like traveling 80% of the year didn't give us any quiet time to really focus on that. like infrastructure, the foundation of b- the business, like emails, email sequences, sales funnels, capturing data, all that stuff. Like I was way behind on that. And so um, this pandemic and us being, you know, not really traveling because the live event space is really canceled and shut down right now. Um, we've been creating products on the back end because a speaking company isn't scalable unless you have products and services on the back end or else I'm right. just trading my time for money, which isn't scalable. And so this has given been one of the greatest gifts. And so we've created uh, junior victorious, which is my my youth program where it's like a 52 week pro program that kids go through a, a, a video lesson every week. And then I have a, my victorious inner circle, which is my mastermind where we meet um, once a week on zoom and I'll bring in experts or, you know, people from my networks, um, that are masters in different industries, and so I've been doing that, and what I've been doing is I've been doing a, a three-day, uh, f- a free three-day victorious challenge, so basically it's me taking your body and mind to the next level, so I give them kind of my workout stuff, and my my rituals and stuff, but I also bring in, and, I, and I'll do, I'll teach them a tool, and it'll be live on Zoom in a Facebook group, and so other people can connect, and so basically I'll do a three-day free challenge, and then I'll extend it two more days, and then I'll push them into my mastermind. Um, and, and that's been going great so far. And so, yeah, I've been pivoting to doing virtual events. Like just this morning, I did a virtual seminar for Keller Williams, one of the Keller Williams branches, um, and, and brought them through a tool. And so doing things like that. And then on, on the horizon, I'm sitting, in, I'm sitting in my office slash my, my studio. Like I got my mic here. And so like one of my biggest passions my whole entire life was to be a singer and an entertainer but I never had the confidence or the clarity or the just the character to do it. And so right now, um, like June 15th, my second song releases and I'm just going to continuously release songs because my, uh, my vision is within like two to three years, I want to be touring full time for my music, like, like full time entertainer. And it's funny because like I've shifted so many industries and I jumped in industries and people like, Oh, you can't do that. And then I do it. And so this is just another industry that I'm like way passionate about. And I have like hundred percent certainty that I'll be able to make it. I just don't know how fast I'll be able to do it. Um, And so that's on the horizon for me. Um, But right now it's just, you know, doing a lot of virtual stuff like podcasts and uh, virtual events for companies. And right now we're, we're just doing, you know, a free message of hope and inspiration during the time of uncertainty, you know, because I, I feel as if, if you give now, if you give so much value now for free, um, When people are uncertain and freaking out, they're going to remember you when this wave passes as as the guy or girl that that gave them all, you know, didn't sell them during the time of uncertainty and stuff.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's funny. I've talked to a couple people uh, as the reason I bring up Dean is because I just, I just, just literally was, we were talking about it on Instagram and we were talking about how people like need to break the st- stigma that just because people are successful now that they didn't have problems on, along the way right and even like hearing like what he's he's had to pivot and even like hearing you obviously what you're doing it's like people need to listen like just because people are successful or grown businesses or sharing stages with certain people or have a certain follow whatever it is doesn't mean that like when adversity hits there's not a struggle it's just how you manage it right how you deal with it are you going to be that person that is the is literally is the victim and is like you know woe is me i'm going to blame the government i'm going to blame this and that my boss or am i going to be the victor and say i don't care? Like. What's going on? I'm going to focus on everything I can control internally and freaking be that person who's thriving at the end, right? And so I really, I mean, this interview is freaking amazing, man. Your wisdom and I mean, just that you've packed in at 20, at the 24 years, man, it's just freaking amazing. So, like, where can people find out more about you?
0: Yeah, you can find me on uh, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok. Uh, all the above at Nick Santo Estasso, and I understand my last name's long, so if you type in Nick Santo, I'm the guy with no legs of an arm with tattoos running around, and there's not many of those.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll be sure to put all that in the show notes. And um, you know, people who are listening to this, I mean, you know, when you wa- when you watch Nick's stuff on social media, you watch his interviews. I mean, the guy had every reason to give up and quit, every reason, every he could have made every excuse not to exercise, every excuse not to start a business, every excuse to not pursue his, his dreams, every excuse. And the guy literally did the complete opposite, took a one eighty, And it's because of the whole mindset shift he made and because he chose a different path. And so you're going to want to start following Nick and, you know, pick his book up. And even like, if you have a chance to go attend one of the Tony Robbins events and see him speak at UPW or wherever he's speaking, um, you know, please do. So, um, Nick, once again, thank you so much for hopping on.
0: I appreciate you brother. Thank you for the opportunity.
1: Yeah, man, of course, it's been fun. And, and for those who are listening, you know, please reach out to Nick or myself and let us know what you thought of the episode. We'd love to hear your feedback as always. And um, once again, you're listening to this episode of the adversity advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. And we will see you next time.